I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic Magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to Extra Point, taking on the Ringer NFL feed. Shiel Kapadia here, joined by Ben Solak. It's April, the draft, 24 days away as we record this. Woo, so much woo. to get to yeah, in the weeks ahead. But here's the simple exercise today. Ben, you're, you're doing a lot of draft talk on the wonderful uh, draft show, which you can get on its separate feed. Here's what we're going to do today. Who are the three most interesting teams in the 2023 NFL draft. Benny Souls and I have secretly made our picks. Maybe we'll have the same teams, then we'll just have an extended conversation about that team. Maybe we won't, and you'll get out of this episode with the six most interesting teams in the NFL draft. Ben, I feel like this is my most, like, normally when I come up with formats, they're very uh, confusing. We don't really understand what we're supposed to do. This one, it's pretty straightforward, I think. Yes. I, looking at my (laughs) teams, I'm positive we will share at least one. I think okay. we'll share two, and I think my third will be will be will be different. I don't think you'll have my third. That's my guess. Okay, I started with a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I started with a list of nine. Oh wow! And then I but and then I was like, no, but these three. I felt the three I picked. I was like, I feel pretty confident. Like there was a wide gap. It was like tier one, and uh, then everything else. My, so we'll see. I had two. I was positive about the third one. I didn't decide on until this morning. I was okay. I was struggling for a third one. So yeah. I love it. Well, start us off, my friend. You're up first. All right. To me, the most interesting team in the 2023 NFL draft is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, oh, the Se- we share the number yeah. one. Okay, I was, let's I, get I, to again, it. I was positive. Okay. Here, let's, let's, because this is the NFL draft, it's easy to use the framework of picks. The Panthers pick first, the Texans pick second. Oh, and the Seahawks, they pick five and 20. They have two first round picks, one of them super early. That's, great like you're gonna make a lot of picks and it's gonna impact the draft whatever so like you can talk about it that way i want to rewind the clock let's talk about it from the perspective of the season this was the play the seahawks made the playoffs not like oh they won the bad nfc south no no no. the seahawks made the playoffs they're a wild card team 
They ended up nine and eight. Wasn't like, you know, a, a pretty finish, but they were above 500 for the entirety of the season and they were a playoff team. They got beat by the, a 49ers team that, in my opinion, would have represented the NFC if they didn't have quarterback injuries uh, in, in a game where they played them for the third time and a team that they've been struggling to beat all season. It was a tough draw in the playoffs. So this was the playoff team. Now, that playoff team lost in free agency, all right? You stop me when I reach a real important player here. They lost Travis Homer, running back, special teamer. Cody Barton, he was a starting linebacker, okay? One year, $3.5 million contract with the Washington Commanders. Not like he was, you know, high-value free agent, even though I kind of like a Cody Barton. Rashad Penny, guard Kyle Fuller, wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. He was the wide receiver three. LJ Collier, he was a bust, one year, $1 million contract. And they still have, as, as pending free agents, starting defensive tackle Puna Ford, who they're trying to sign back, and it's a money thing. And then, like, Bruce Irvin, who kind of was just on the roster. The entire core of the Seattle Seahawks is back next season. Every, Uchenna Nwosu, uh, 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 Tariq Woolen, uh, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams coming back from injury. Uh, that's, that's defensively. Offensively, line is returning. Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, rookie tackles, both the year starting under their belt. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're both back. The tight end rotation, Noah Fan, Kobe Parkinson, Will Disley, they're all back. Geno Smith is back, signed on a three-year deal. Kenneth Walker's back. The team that made the playoffs last year is the team that they will be putting on the field again this upcoming season. And they will do it with Draymond Jones, free agent defensive tackle signed from, from, from the Denver Broncos, three years, $51 million. They will do it with safety Julian Love, a lovely little utility player signed from the Giants, two years, $12 million. They will do it with Bobby Wagner back in the building, right? One-year contract worth up $7 million, which, like, Bobby's, Bobby was on his last legs last year. It's, you can't even charitably say Bobby's on his last legs now. But still, Bobby Wagner's back in the building. That's nice. This team has improved over free agency. From winning the playoffs last year, or not winning the playoffs, making the playoffs last year, improved over free agency, and they have the fifth overall pick. But what really makes it interesting is the selfies with Anthony Richardson and the selfies with CJ Stroud <laughs> and the selfies with Bryce Young because they really are at a fork in the road. They signed this Geno extension such that he could reasonably hold on to the job for the next two to three years and be good value on his deal. He could be like a Kirk Cousins guy where he's like certainly like, you know, paid a lot of money, but he's a quality quarterback. He's putting up good numbers. It's enough of a passing game that you should be making the playoffs. And they signed this Geno Smith deal such that if they want to get out of it after one year, they could get it done. And so they sit there at five now trying to read the room of the four teams in front of them, for all of three of whom right now could take a quarterback. And if the Cardinals trade out, four of which could take a quarterback. They read the room trying to understand, okay, we really like, Richardson, maybe he makes it to four, maybe he's gone at one. Nobody really knows just yet. They have uh, a huge pivot at five in terms of quarterback. And if they don't take it, then they have to take the first non-quarterback. They have to choose between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. They have to get that pick right. Elite edge rusher, elite defensive tackle, both spots where they could add a starter. And then they're there at 20. And they get to have the whole conversation again. Uh, do we want to have the Hendon Hooker talk, who apparently is getting round one buzz? Do we want to trade back, as John Schneider always does, get picks for the future? Maybe we have to solve quarterback next year. Seattle is a fascinating team. But it's easy to say that fascinating teams are fascinating because, like, oh, they're bad. They could get a new quarterback. They could get better. Like, that's a lot of these teams. Seattle's really interesting because they are a playoff team with two top 20 picks, one pick in the top five, and a quarterback situation that is less than cemented. That is very rare. And it's really, really cool to think about what they're going to do in this draft. 
Yeah, I think the Geno contract, and again, I had them as my as my first team as well. The Geno contract was the best quarterback contract by any team this offseason. I mean, it was such a home run yeah. for the Seahawks with the way they structured it. With uh, Like you mentioned, this is a one-year commitment, a one-year commitment, and you don't have to overpay for the one year. I mean, one year, $27.3 million, that's great. The, the Seahawks had the eighth best passing offense in the NFL last year in terms of DVOA. So you get that you get the one year with Gino and then you get to figure it out you have flexibility do you want to move on after a year guess what you can do that really easily do you want to uh, keep does if Gino balls out in 2023 and you want to keep him guess what you already have him under a very reasonable contract so I thought the way they navigated that was uh was outstanding and they deserve kudos for that and then like you mentioned I mean you could tell they're loving this, can't you? The sell- every quarterback's out there taking the selfies. There, I mean, Pete Carroll was raving at the owner. Oh my God, this was so much fun to you know just travel around to all these college towns and look at quarterbacks throw footballs on a field with no defenders. This is an amazing use of my time. And I have no idea what they're gonna do. That that's what makes them really fun. I mean, you could tell me all those options. You laid out. I mean, you, there, there's a, 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 a spot where they do they move up to three and say, man, we really like Anthony Richardson and he's there at three. We're not going to be picking nearly this high again in the near future. Let's go up and get him. Do they sit at five? And if Richardson's there, do they take him? Do they are they the Jalen Carter team? I mean, they're not going to shy away from somebody who, you know, other teams might say, oh, he's off our board because, they, you know, X, Y and Z, whether it's off field, whether it's character, whatever the case may be, as teams do more homework on Jalen Carter, they're going to say if the talent's there, guess what? We bring him into our building with our structure. They've done this in the past. Sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it hasn't worked, but they will not shy away from doing that. Or are they a trade back team where they say, you know what? We don't love Richardson. He's there at five. Let's move back. Let's accumulate more draft capital. We still have Geno Smith. So uh, all those things are in play for this team. Uh, you know, they, they really could go in any one uh, of a number of directions here. And yeah, they're the team, and we'll get to a couple other teams, uh, obviously, in the first round. But they, to me, are the most interesting team because I have no idea what they're going to do. So let me pose this question to you. We'll have a little extended uh, conversation. John Schneider calls you up. He says, Benny Souls, I've been a huge fan of you. I mean, you grind that draft tape like nobody else. You know what's going on Thank in you, John. the NFL. Yes, yes John. He, yeah. <laughs> he's he's saying, it, I wanna have I, I wanna have my contingencies uh, worked out here. I don't want to be panicking on the fly. If I'm there at five and Anthony Richardson's on the table and Jalen Carter's on the table, let's say Will Anderson has already uh, been taken there in the top four. So it's Richardson. And it's Jalen Carter. Do I take the quarterback? Do I take the defensive tackle? I've I've gotten some calls on trades. None of them are that great. I you know I really wanted a, a big package to move down from five. Maybe I'll move out of twenty. But what do you think? What should I do? What are you telling him? <sighs> if I say take Jalen Carter, then the nerds are gonna get mad at me, and I think rightfully so. I think you got to take Richardson, right? Like. We are at the peak of Geno Smith excitement right now in terms of Geno. I mean, I think, yeah, like even relative to like him coming out of West Virginia, we might be at the peak of Geno Smith excitement in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, And and, and it's it's very cool. And I re- Geno's an extremely likable guy. And I also really like the way he plays. I think it, it, it's a way that works for the Seattle offense. 
and 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 uh, is a good exemplar for how many quarterbacks can still benefit from this wide zone play action approach that we've seen in the league the last few years. With that said, there's a ceiling on that offense. We know that to be true. And Geno's 32, right? If, if, if like, this is not fair to say, because this is not the case, but if Geno had been the starter for the last three years and had the season that he had, we'd be saying, Geno's still doing great, but you got to think about the future. And we'd be using, like, Ryan Tannehill as an example. Just, like, Tannehill had, like, 2019, 2020, he's, like, leading the league and expected points added per play, or per dropback, excuse me, passing play. Tan- like, you know, career resurgence out of Miami. It's great. And then here we are, and he's 35, and the Titans had him on a big contract, and they're kind of sitting there, you know, spoiler, we're going to talk about Tennessee in a little bit. They're sitting there discussing their options at quarterback. So you have to know that they're like, you're trying to hit a window here with Geno, that's a pretty small window. And I think if a player of of Richardson's athletic caliber comes through, you think about Justin Fields going at 11, Trey Lance going at three, you understand that that this is the price. You're not going to get an athlete like this at quarterback, a player with this high of a ceiling outside of the top 10. And given how Geno's playing, you're not going to be in the top 10 anytime soon, brother. Uh, so to me, I think you take you make the Richardson pick. You make the forward-facing pick. The other thing that I think is important about the Seahawks taking a young quarterback that has to be stated, because this is what always gets under-discussed and underappreciated, even when it is discussed. It is a difficult thing to manage two quarterbacks in a room. Why do we, why do we all love Chase Daniel? Why do we all love a Tyrod Taylor? Why do we all love a Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because they've shown that they've been really good at being quarterback too. It is it is a hard role to fill, especially for a young player, right? If there's a guy in the league who I feel confident saying, I draft a quarterback in the top five, he's still going to feel like, all right, if I compete, I can win this job. It's going to be Geno. Because Geno rode that bench for eight years saying if i get a starting job i'll i'll be able to hold on to it if i get a starting job i'll get it i'm a starting caliber quarterback i can compete i can do this and when he got his chance he got it and so like i don't i i I think it'll fire gino up but not in a bad way right this is when when you do the two qb thing when you do the we have a guy we're paying a lot of money and we have a guy we drafted early thing you have created a human resources issue that has to be managed and 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 surveilled and i'll spoiler the NFL generally is not very good at human resources, managing their players, managing some of these frustrations, some of this drama. But I think that Pete Carroll's really well suited for it. And I think Geno Smith's really well suited for it. Such that I think it gives the, the Seahawks a better opportunity to do it than another team if they were in a similar circumstance. I would argue that no team in the NFL would be better positioned to handle that than yeah, Pete Carroll I'm down for and that. the Seahawks. This is a coach who at USC, once they had once they signed their recruiting class would bring in the existing players, show them clips of the freshmen, and say, these guys are coming to take your jobs. I mean, he the competition thing is not a ruse. This is, this is at the foundation of Pete Carroll's culture. I mean, we saw that Ben, for it's some sticky reason, note on my, it's a sticky note on, on a sticky yep. note. Where is that? Why note. do you have a sticky it, note that says compete? Is this to hype you up for your battles with me? No, not, not for you. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's under my desktop. It's... It's, it's, I got a few sticky notes of just like reminders, right? I have like reminders about like writing well and stuff like that, but always wow. the, the Pete Carroll. Yeah. But, uh, in grit, right. Angela Duckworth, when she does her Pete Carroll section and they talk about how the Seahawks are obsessed with competition and how Pete just walks around. And it's like, be excellent, compete. I think that's extremely funny. And so I have it down as well. Every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Compete. 
<laughs> you're like the jail, other reason jailing hurts you got these the other reason the other I reason got, I, like. I got nothing here i'm yeah. looking at literally an empty yeah. desk there's not one piece of inspiration as i look forward here i'll tell you i'll tell you the other reason i have compete down because it's complete with an exclamation point mike gundy who's the head coach of oklahoma state football right generally not a great guy pete's great guy mike gundy we don't support as, as thoroughly with that said february 5th 2019 usa today tweeted a trail runner attacked by a mountain lion on monday while running in a colorado park killed the predator by suffocating it state wildlife officials said and mike gundy quote tweeted that tweet and said compete with an exclamation point <laughs> and it's one of my favorite tweets of all time <laughs> <laughs> He got, this guy was attacked by a oh mountain lion God. and survived and my gundy said compete you know my gundy called a team meeting and pointed out this story and was like this is the attitude we need to have on the field kids kill the mountain lion i love it oh my gosh that's amazing i i had never heard that before that is uh that is fantastic but now i think i think carol and we saw this with russell wilson previously like they've done it in the NFL where, you know, they draft the quarterback. That was the third round. But hey, the quarterback's playing well enough to play right away. The quarterback's going to play. And so uh, even Geno Smith, he's already been asked about this. And he's been like, I'll take the you know, quarterback under my wing and be a mentor. I do think his experiences in the NFL uh, really help him here. It helps that he got paid. He has a contract. And, um, you know, I, I think with Richardson, you would probably say it would be a great scenario if he sits for a year and then plays the following year. But if he plays himself into the uh, starting quarterback role, then that is also a great outcome. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be fun from everything we talked about. They could go up. They could go back. They could sit tight and draft a quarterback. They could sit tight and draft a non-quarterback. The quarterback could come in and play right away. The quarterback could come in and sit right away. There could be all kinds of fireworks. We don't know what it's going to be, but I think that's a great reason why the Seahawks, uh, we both have as the extra point taken consensus, most interesting team in the 2023 NFL can I, uh, draft. Can I ask you a, a secondary question on the Seahawks real quick? Uh, now now yeah. John Schneider is calling you, saying she'll okay. remember you from the Seahawks days, big fan, yeah. Yeah, whatever, table yeah. setting. Who cares about five? Pick 20. Not a great class. Don't have a lot of needs. Killed last year's draft. Don't know if you caught that. Uh, I'm thinking that the smartest move is going to be, unless somebody crazy falls to me, try to trade back. Take advantage of somebody who has way more needs than I do. Accumulate picks for the future because the more picks I get in 2024 and beyond, the more flexibility I'll have off yes. of how Geno Smith performs this year and, and maybe if I take a rookie quarterback as well. You thinking that's, that's going to be the best approach? A hundred percent. I mean, I think they will explore every option to trade out uh, of the 20th pick. That's just what they do. And I think that's the smart thing to do. Like you mentioned, by the way, it's crazy how we're talking about the Seahawks right now, Ben. This time last year, I was probably on a podcast going, this team is devoid of any talent. Specifically, I remember looking at the premium positions, left tackle, cornerback, quarterback yep. going what team's in worse position than the Seahawks and they just come out with let's see you know we don't want to crown them for the draft yet it looks like an all-time draft last year that puts them in this position where I mean if you would have told me last year the Seahawks are going to go into the 2023 draft and not have to worry about cornerback they're going to have options at quarterback they could draft a corner but they don't have to draft a corner I would have been like what are you what are you talking about what did they do did they just go and literally kidnap players from other teams and put them in Seahawks 
Seahawks uniforms and put like mustaches and glasses uh, on their face and just call them different names because there's no other avenue for them to fill all these holes in one offseason. And they did that. So yeah, if you just look at them overall, they have five picks in the top 100, which I believe is tied for the most of any team in the NFL. They have 10 picks overall. They have like among the most draft capital of any team in this draft. So again, that adds to the flexibility and your plan is a good one. If they say, you know what? We're not in love with Richardson. He's okay. We like him, but we're not sure. Yes. Get a pick for the 2024 draft root for that team to suck next year. And then you have additional draft capital next year. You have another option if things don't work out with Gino. So yes, that is absolutely what I would tell John Schneider to do. He wouldn't need me to tell him what to do. He's like, I do this all the time. Why am I calling you? How did I get your number? How did you get my number? Uh, Okay. All right. Let's take That's a the main quick- thing is, is I just want, yeah, I want Seahawks fans to mentally prepare themselves for the fact that the team's not going to make all these picks. And it's good. It's okay. It's good news. But John Snyder, after killing yeah. it for one year, is going to get precisely back on his BS and just be trading back like crazy. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and see if we have the, the same team for our number two most interesting team for the 2023 NFL draft. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back on extra point taken. All right, we both had the Seahawks. Who do you have as your number two team, Benjamin? I think you're going to have... So Seahawks, I was positive we'd share. I think we'll share this one. Tennessee Titans. Oh, no, they didn't make the cut for me. Uh, they, I thought about right. them, but they didn't make the cut. So I like it. Why the Titans? Okay. So the Titans paired nicely with the Seahawks. Talked about how the Seahawks were a playoff team last year, and then they had this insane exodus. Well, the Titans did not make the playoffs last year. Got ousted by the Jaguars, fired the general manager midseason, and then this offseason, fire sale, baby. We are redoing this roster. Talked about how the Seahawks have lost nobody. Right now, the Tennessee Titans have lost already by free agency or by cuts. Uh, uh, starting guard, Nate Davis. Starting linebacker, David Long. Starting wide receiver, Robert Woods. Starting edge, Bud Dupree. Defensive lineman, Demarcus Walker. Starting tight end, Austin Hooper. They have also uh, have guys who have been cut from the team who have yet to sign anywhere else, but are still not currently Tennessee Titans. In longtime franchise left tackle, Taylor Lewan, who obviously was hurt this year. Ben Jones, starting center. Zach Cunningham, starting linebacker. Mario Edwards, who's a defensive lineman for them. And another tight end, Jeff Swain combined those players i just named 11 of them 5563 snaps last season no more tennessee titans this this team will look dramatically different in just year one of ron carthen's time as a general manager than it did last season this rebuild it's, it's funny kind of began 
as like a soft rebuild with the trading of AJ Brown, where they didn't want to spend that money, and then and they they got a first round pick back for it, and they just drafted a younger, cheaper version of that a. wasn't Brown part of a rebuild. That was just a that was just a bad. Dis- I mean, AJ Brown was young; like he sh- he can be part of your rebuild. I disagree, <laughs> and we've talked about this a lot on this show. But I I I very like when you when you go back to twenty twenty one and you look at how. These contracts are being structured. And so when John Robinson was in charge, he had a trapdoor in the Derrick Henry contract in 2023, a trapdoor in the Ryan Tannehill contract in 2023, trapdoor in the Taylor Lewan contract in 2023. David Long wasn't extended. Jeffrey Simmons wasn't extended. They were sitting and refusing to commit to the, the this long-term vision of the Titans, of the core of that team that had won multiple AFC Souths, that had won multiple playoff games, to make sure that it was the core they wanted to commit to or see if they wanted to do a little soft reload. Not like a hard rebuild, but like a soft reload. And I think that ownership and head coach were on board with that until general manager John Robinson took it too far and traded AJ Brown for the 18th overall pick, which is not a good move. I agree. But, but that was to me a sign of, of the Titans unwillingness to commit to the core that had led to those playoff wins over 2020 and into 2021. Once ownership and Vrabel realized what it was going to look like, they said, we hate this. There was a power struggle. They got rid of John Robinson. Ron Carthen came in, and they realized, all right, we have to strip this thing down to the studs now. We're kind of already on the ski slope. Separate conversation that we've had many, many times. Why are they interesting for the NFL draft? Well, a team that loses 5,563 snaps has a lot of needs. Uh, the Titans, when you go and you look at this depth chart, they could take just about any position at 11, and I would not be surprised. They are in uh, desperate need of help along the offensive line, uh, where, like I said, they basically like... Uh, three long-term starters in Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and Taylor Lewan have, have all departed. They've added guys like Daniel Brunskill and Andre Dillard, but you can't set your watch to that. Wide receiver, they added Traylon Burks for A.J. Brown, but the wide receiver room was not good last season. They didn't add anybody to it. They lost Robert Woods. Defensive line, they lost a ton of their depth. Linebacker, they lost multiple starters. They brought in Aziz El-Shayir. They're probably okay there. Harold Landry coming back from injury. Corner, they're great. Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary, Sean Murphy bunting in free agency. Love it. Corner's awesome. Safety, like is good, but they might, they ke- they asked Kevin Byer to take a pay cut, and right. he was like, no, so that's weird, they might trade Derrick Henry, so like, running back might even be weird, it, any pick at 11, however, if that's not interesting enough for you, total wild card at 11, new general manager, 10,000 positions of need, Daniel Jeremiah has been reporting over the last week or so, that the one team that everybody in the league knows, worst kept secret, they're trying to trade up, they're having conversations about it, they're testing the waters, they're seeing what the price is, is the Tennessee Titans at 11, and particularly interested in moving up to three with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Brian Windhorse fingers. Why would they do that? What, 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 what does this mean? What it means is they're thinking about changing a quarterback because Ryan Tannehill, like I said, has one year left on his deal. Ryan Tannehill is a free agent in 2024. He's 35 right now, $36.6 million cap hit in 2023, $18.8 million dead cap. There was conversations about trading him, Carthen pretty much nixed those at the combine. I definitely think they'll keep Tannehill, but they're in a really nice spot to draft the young guy, and then Tannehill starts the season. Maybe the young guy, you know, earns the job by week 12. Maybe Tannehill gets banged up. Tannehill's been getting hurt a lot recently, right? Uh, he's been hurt a lot over the course of his career. You get, get some opportunity for him. And anybody who's saying, oh, but, but what about Malik Willis? I think the guy who liked Malik Willis is no longer employed by the Titans. And I think the guys who remain with Tennessee are not as big of a fan of Malik Willis. That's my read on the room. It's certainly my read on how they coached Malik Willis. 
Yeah. And also real quick, just, I mean, I, I feel like we fall into this trap every year with like a third round pick quarterback gets taken. And there's this assumption that this is the guy. If you look at the history of the NFL, third round picks on quarterbacks are like lottery tickets where occasionally on uh, at that point in the draft, you hit on a Russell Wilson and a, or a Dak Prescott uh, who was a little bit later or whoever. And that's great when you do, but teams generally that take quarterbacks in the third round aren't like, this is our guy that we're going to build around. It's like, all right, we kind of like them. They're flawed. Let's take a look here. So uh, I, I would agree with you, just b- not even based on just what you're saying about whether it was Robinson who liked him or how they coached him last year, just that generally speaking in the NFL, when you take a quarterback in the third round, it's not like, all right, let, let, let's let roll forward with this guy. Unless I guess if you're the Falcons and uh, you decide you're going to do that. Desmond with Ritter, baby. <laughs> if only they listened, they would have drafted in the first, they wouldn't know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so I like you know anybody calling Malik Willis, I think is 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 right uh, is off base. I don't think that's that's a consideration right now. So the Titans could trade up to three and go get the quarterback of the future for Ryan Tannehill, uh, guy to build around this the new era of Titans football, which in and of itself is fascinating. Or it could stay at eleven and take again, literally anybody. You look at like like oh Titans mock draft roundup. It's just like all fifteen different names at the <laughs> at eleven. There's so many opportunities for this team. Um. The Titans are going to be bad this year. That's not going to be fun. But this is, you know, talk about that, that that Seahawks team. Last year we were saying, right, the Seahawks are going to be bad this year, right? They're kind of a mess. One good draft kickstarted this thing, right? And so this is, this is, this is when you're rebuilding a team, inevitably, you need to have a year where you, where you kill it in the draft. And so this is the first opportunity for Carthen and the Titans. There's going to be more, and they're going to have to try to hit them as best they can. But very, very interesting team there at the top. They are, and they are a team to watch to trade up uh, at number three. You know, as you mentioned, they don't have, it's not like they have a great plan at quarterback going forward. Malik Willis, who knows? Ryan Tannehill, you have him for now. You could probably move Ryan Tannehill after the draft if you wanted to play your rookie quarterback right away, if that was a, a direction you wanted to go in. A couple other interesting things with the Titans. One is, if you look at what they did this offseason, all those names you mentioned that they got rid of, they cleared up they them and the Rams, those are the two teams that really you could see, all right, they're setting up for the 2024 offseason. Those are kind of the take your medicine, uh, take your lumps type teams there. And so I think Jason Fitzgerald of Over the Cap uh wrote that the Titans have the third most projected cap space next offseason. So I think they're going to go into 2023. They're never going to punt on a season. I don't think that's going to be uh, in their DNA with Rabel and they play in a bad division. So like I wouldn't, you know, rule them out to finish around 500 just because they're Jags. Yeah, Jags, but they're generally able to do more, uh, more with less <laughs> with the Titans. I like the Jags too. Don't steal Jags yeah, corner from I, me. I'm standing I'm next just, to you there. Muttering Jags into the mic and she's just brushing me aside. Shut up. I'm talking right now. Yeah. I'm talking about the Titans. <laughs> uh, I didn't hate the moves the Titans made in terms of players they added this offseason. You know, Arden Key, Aziz Al They added like guys in their mid 20s who maybe could be. I, I think I'm the only one who's like Andre Dillard. You know what? He might still be a good yeah, left tackle. It, it's a weird fit with it's a weird fit with me, him and Vrabel. But if you hit on a left tackle for that price, you're getting uh, a lot of surplus value. So I don't have an issue with what they did this offseason. I think it's actually been fine. And uh, I do think they are certainly an interesting team here. Now, the only thing with the Titans, they have six picks. 
Overall, not a ton. They're they're in the bottom half of the league in terms of draft capital. So if you like one of those quarterbacks and want to take a swing, you can do it. But it's not like you're one of these teams with 10, 11, 12 picks where you know you have extra picks already that you can throw in to a deal like that. So it will be interesting to see how aggressive they decide to get at that spot. All right, Titans, good one. My number two team. I don't think this is going to be a surprise to you because I've mentioned this team before and stuff has happened since I mentioned them, which was only like two weeks ago. And that's the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know if they are on your list or not. Are they on your list? Were they one of your three? Were they your third? No. Okay. The Colts. I don't find them interesting. I know. Again, I said this last time when I, when the words come out of my mouth, like Indianapolis Colts, interesting. I'm like, Sheil, what are you doing? Smack yourself in the face and move on to another team. But when I was prepping for the pod, analytically thinking about it, I was like, no, they are interesting. So why? The Colts have the fourth overall pick. They have three picks in the top 100. They have nine overall picks. They made headlines at the owners' meetings. Jim Ursay just going on the record, talking about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we'll look into it, but that guaranteed money, that's not happening with me. Uh, Zach Kiefer of The Athletic called it increasingly unlikely that the Colts pursue Lamar Jackson. So then, what is their plan at quarterback? Are they just sitting at four and saying, all right, one of these guys will fall to us? Are they saying, you know what, we don't love any of these guys, we're not going to take any of them? Do they trade up to the number three spot to ensure that they get one of their three favorite quarterbacks, move up a spot with the Cardinals, and maybe, uh, who knows, get get Richardson or if Young or Stroud are still on the table, take one of those. They could certainly go in that direction. Are they gonna, Could they sit tight, Ben, and we just look ahead to week one of the 2023 NFL season, and it's Gardner Minshew behind center for the Indianapolis no. Colts, and they say, well, and they say, you know what? Uh, Caleb Williams, whoo, that is the, we, we've had a generational guys here before. We only, we only draft a quarterback when it's like this absolute can't miss prospect like Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. We are not willing to take on any risk by drafting any quarterback who might even have the tiniest of flaws because that is too much risk than we are willing to take. That is kind of how they operate. So maybe they would just say, you know what, we'll reset the culture a little bit. We'll take it on the chin for a year and then we'll be in position to draft a quarterback next year. I don't get the sense that Jim Mercer is going to be that patient. And so really zooming out, yes, it's the it's the quarterback decision. It's the Richardson decision. It's the fact that if they don't get a quarterback, then do they revisit the Lamar stuff after the draft and say, all right, well, let's at least bring him in for a meeting, see exactly what he's asking for and see if that makes sense. But more importantly, this has just turned into a very volatile franchise. I mean, it was what, five months ago, that Jim Mersey is chastising everyone for even voicing any doubt in the idea that Jeff Saturday is going to be a great head coach for him in the NFL. They've had three, yeah, they're, they're on the it. third head. Yeah. They're on the third head coach in six months. I mean, Reich Saturday Steichen, they still have no answer at quarterback. And so uh, they could go in a number of different directions. You said no on the idea of Minshew starting week one. So then what do you think? the Colts will do in this draft and at quarterback? The Colts are going to stay at four and take the quarterback that falls to them. I feel very confident in that. Here's why I feel confident in that. Because there's been smoke for the last two, two and a half months that's like, hey, the NFL doesn't really love Will Levis' pre-draft process. The NFL's a little bit concerned about him on the chalkboard. He added a muscle, and the NFL didn't really feel like that was like 
the need. You know what I'm saying? You didn't really have to go that route. Like, you know, just kind of just like a weight, weight, weight room bro. You know, the stuff to be working on. Uh, you know, film in 2022 wasn't as great. You know, I really like Richardson, really like Stroud. And it feels kind of low on Levis. And then a few days ago, Jeremy Fowler reporting from ESPN. Colts really like Will Levis, man. Colts don't mind themselves with Will Levis. You know who doesn't mind Will Levis? The Colts. And you start doing the math and you go, okay, well, if CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson go one, two, and three, who's stuck left for the Colts? Oh, that's right, Will Levis at four. And you start getting these reports, it's like, Colts, really? They like themselves with Will Levis. To me, it just seems like they they understand that they are either picking a quarterback at four or they're picking a quarterback at three. And who that is... Is who's who's left that's highest on their board. I don't think like the 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 suggestion of waiting a year for Caleb Williams, while it sounds good at first pass, I do not think too many Jim variables. Has, I don't think Jim Mercy has the requisite patience. And I feel confident in saying that because if he had the requisite patience, he would have hired Jeff Saturday to be his offensive line coach like five years ago and like, you know, slow cooked this thing. But instead he tried to jump the line. Uh I I like, you know, uh it would be so surprising if they did not take a rookie quarterback at the top of this draft, that, like, almost, it's almost so, it'd be so shocking, I can see it happen because of who Jim Ursay is and because of how the team has behaved. Like, I can kind of talk myself into it that way. But I just feel like this is the, the, the product of that long NFL draft cycle where we always end up talking ourselves into and out of a variety of different things when what has been chalk is always chalk. The Colts are taking a rookie quarterback. Why? Because they have taken veteran quarterbacks the last four years and it sucked. So just, this is how the team is going to react. So then you think that quarterbacks are going one, two, three, four off the board most likely because I, I think somebody's trading up yeah. to three and drafting a quarterback. So if you think the Colts are just going to sit at four and w- will be willing to take Levis, then you think it's going QB, 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 QB. Yes. Yeah, it, oh, I like start, it. It's starting to lean that way for me. Now, Okay. it always looks like the QBs are going to go super early in all of them because everybody's talking about trade backs at the time, right? Uh with all this Colts Levis smoke, you know, let's say, you know, Bryce Young see just out of the first two picks in whatever order, and the Raiders want Anthony Richardson and the Titans want Anthony Richardson, but everybody knows the Colts are cool with Levis, all of a sudden it becomes harder to trade three. Right? You start telling the Cardinals, listen, I'm gonna call my boy John Schneider at five. He knows how to trade back. We're do- we're doing we're doing the thing over there. You know what I'm saying? Like so uh, right now it look at the draft always two to three weeks out looks like it's gonna be quarterback, 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 right? Right now, what are we doing? Hendon Hooker round one hype. This is Early April is quarterback era. Okay, this is how it always goes. And then what do we get? We get Kenny Pickett at 20 and Desmond Ritter Malik Willis in the third round. It always cools off by the time we get to the end of the month. Well, there was what? I think it was an Indy Star uh, column saying that, you know, don't be surprised if Ballard just trades back and then takes Hendon Hooker as his quarterback. This is a fun draft with the, you know what? We've, and every conversation, who's the name that we mentioned every Anthony Richardson just makes this draft really fun. Cause we have no idea mm-hmm. when he's going to go again. I, I said it on a previous show we had, I think like, don't go too strong with any takes on any of these quarterbacks because uh, it, it is a, it is a tough class. We don't know how teams are going to view them or where they're going to go. All right. Colts were my second one. Titans were your second one. Do we have the same third team Benjamin Solak, who do you got? I doubt it. Green Bay Packers? No, I like it. Yeah. So here's why the okay. Packers are interesting to me. Like I said, my, my Seahawks and my Titans I felt really strongly about. Packers was, was a bigger question. So the first interesting domino is obviously the 13th overall pick from the New York Jets. It sounds like the Packers really wanted it. It sounds like the Jets were saying no. It sounds like the Packers are moving off of it, right? So at this time, I would say that 
The Aaron Rodgers trade doesn't become official until after the 2023 NFL draft. And accordingly, the 13th overall pick is not involved, right? The Packers don't get that first rounder from the Jets. Whatever. I disagree that it's it's going to happen after the draft, by the way. I don't. I think if you're the Packers, you're not going to wait for the draft. You want the capital here. I think they'll come to some form of agreement at the deadline. I don't think it will include a first-round pick. I think it will at include— At what deadline? Like, the draft is a deadline. I mean, if you make the trade after the—you're saying the trade's not going to happen until after the NFL draft? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think if you're the Packers, you're like, no, I want a pick. I want some draft capital in this year's draft so that I can start, you know, replenishing uh, the roster. And so I think the deadline to me is just the start of the draft. Like, I think, I don't know when it will be. I'm not going to make any bold predictions, but I think sometime between now and let's say the second round, the day two of the draft, there will be an official Rodgers Jets trade and i i think the big thing and it makes sense is that if you're the jets you want to be protected in the event that rogers plays one year and that's it and so if you're the Packers, like i'm not going to get but i think there will be some way to have conditions there where you both can agree all right if rogers keeps playing the the pick gets higher that the packers get in the future if he doesn't then uh you know it, it might not be as high but i do think it'll include at least a second rounder at this year that's just a guess yeah, so the Jets have 42 and 43 because they got 42, right. another second-round pick from the Elijah Moore trade when they sent him to Cleveland. So Joe Douglas calls you up, Brian Gutekunst, and says 42, and next year's third that becomes a second if Rodgers plays for us. Well, that doesn't even work because you only get one year of data. So what Yeah, it would have to be something about how he performs, I guess, or or if yeah, he's still on the roster by date X, you know, of the 2024 draft, something right, like that. Right, because if, yeah, if Joe Douglas calls me up and says, listen, we want to make sure he plays multiple years, and so we got to attach conditions to picks, I, I respond, okay, so the earliest I'm getting picks from you, like real picks, is 2025? You're a chump. No chance. I'm not, like, yeah. we know the NFL discounts and devalues future picks multiple years in the future come on now i'm not i'm not trading aaron Rodgers in 2023 for a conditional first in 2025 nah no no i'm i need to get rid of of a guy that badly how about a second this year and then a third that turns into a second if aaron Rodgers is still on the roster on the third day of the league year next year that seems like a fair deal what's not fair about that i so I, what I'm saying is, okay, second, it turns into a second if he's still on the league, if he's on the roster, third year of the league, 2024. Yeah. Turns into a first if he makes a Pro Bowl this year. Hmm. Right? I I'm, could I'm, see I'm, tying per, I'm, I'm tying performance incentives into this first year yeah. for sure. I, you got to if you're Green Bay. Because you're trading a guy who won the MVP in two of the last three seasons. And you, yeah. know, you, know, you know your guy. You know, you've, been, you've been with this man for decades. You know your guy. <laughs> You are tying as many incentives as you can to his performance this year when he is still interested in playing football and pissed off at you. That is the objective. I don't want incentives. Oh, is he hanging around? Like, who knows? Aaron Rodgers on the roster in the league year in 2024? Aaron Rodgers could be on, like, Mount Kilimanjaro in 2024. You got to just, you got to get as much tied into performance in the 2023 season as you can. Yeah, I don't know about Pro Bowl. You know, who made the Pro Bowl this year? Tyler Huntley. So that's always a, a tough, well, you a know? tough one. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, but maybe maybe something to team performance. Yeah, you make the playoffs. Yeah. You're playing in the division. Team performance. But, but yeah. it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Like, we're literally having this discussion. I feel like if we did this for another 10 minutes, we'd be able to come to an agreement that, but if I was Gutekunst yeah. and you were Joe Douglas, we'd be able to figure it out. So I think they'll be able to figure because, it out. But that's because we're trying to get it done for the sake of the pod, right? 
Joe Douglas, <laughs> rightfully, feels like he can wait out Brian Gutenkunst because Goot's got to get rid of Rodgers and his massive cap figure off the roster. Gutenkunst rightly feels like he can wait out Joe Douglas because Joe Douglas's quarterback room right now sucks <laughs> and there's nobody else around besides Lamar, who Joe Douglas was right. like, yeah, I'm not signing Lamar, which what was that? But regardless, um, so both of these guys can can say what they want and say, okay, well, we generally know where the middle ground is that we're probably going to end up. But I'm going to, you know, keep my gun trained yeah. on you for three week, months and you keep your guns trained on me for three months. We've got to see if somebody gets sweaty. I, I don't I don't mind that they're waiting. That's why I think it's after the draft. So the Packers are interesting. I think we can agree <laughs> on that now just because of that conversation. However, here's the other thing that's really interesting with the Packers. They're picking a 15. They're not going to be in a position to take a quarterback, well, you know, unless you're doing the Hendon Hooker thing, which I don't think they will. And I think they really like Jordan Love. When you go and you look at depth chart and needs, well, this team has spent a ton of first-round capital in the defense, right? It's what they were doing during the end of the Rodgers era, much to his chagrin, right? Because he wanted, you know, receivers and pass catchers and whatever. But they've they've got like eight ex-first-rounders starting on the defense right now. The defense is, is pretty talented. You know, you can make a pick at safety if there was a guy that was good enough, but there isn't even a guy in this class. So, you know, we're fine. Offensive line? Okay, well, you know, you've been kind of preparing for the end of David Bakhtiari's career for a little bit, and you've tendered Josh Nyman, you have Elton Jenkins, you have Josh Meyer, you got good young guys, you're probably all right. When you look at team needs, the Packers need the same thing they've always needed, Shield. <laughs> they need a wide receiver, they need a tight end, <laughs> they need pass catchers. And when you were in the Rodgers era, and we can even rewind this all the way to like 2016 before everybody was getting mad at each other, and Rodgers was making middle round receivers work and late round receivers work and he was developing young guys and you were you know you were super successful and just churning through without taking first round receivers it's all right we don't have to do this and then gets the late rogers era and he starts asking for a first round receiver but you're looking at a guy who's winning the mvp award and saying we don't need to do this we don't why why would we spend first round picks on, on receiver and tight end when we can just take lot, trench players we can take defensive players and help out that side of the ball and rogers is going to make the passing game work no matter what it was sound team building it became personal at some point but it was sound team building it did make sense it's like the Chiefs trading away Tyreek Hill your passing game has a very high floor when you have this good of a quarterback so you don't need to go crazy adding wide receiver talent well I don't know that I agree with that by the way I don't know if we yeah, want to get yeah, into that right. discussion or not I, I, I think right I, I I'm not fully there either I think it, it, that I think it's an <laughs> argument and it's a legitimate argument I think I think yeah. the Packers saying we had an elite quarterback so we didn't need to be spending first round capital on wide receivers is fundamentally sound there becomes an interpersonal aspect of it and there becomes a you have to look to the future aspect right it'd be nice if Jordan Love had a really great young receiver in the building right now to lean on but he doesn't so there's 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 nuance to it but I think that core of that argument is sound all that to say, well, if you're anticipating starting Jordan Love this season, your biggest needs are wide receiver and tight end. It would sure be nice to have improved pass catchers, have a young guy to grow with your rookie quarterback. The Packers might make the first first-round wide receiver pick they've made in basically two decades. It's going to be so funny. They're definitely The year that. they're getting rid of Rodgers. <laughs> and to me, that's hilarious and also very interesting, right? Uh, it, I'll be very curious to see if their tune on how they fill the pass catching cupboards changes when they have a different quarterback in the building. I'll be curious to see if they have been passing on early receivers because Rodgers have been so good at working with, with middle-round guys. And now that they don't have him, they're going to adjust the way that they draft. I'll be, I'm fascinated to see it. And so like when I look at like Quentin Johnston landing spots, Michael Mayer landing spots, 
I'm always tempted to give them to the Packers. And I'm very curious to see if that's, that's what uh, ends up coming down the mountain later this month. Yeah, and they're right around there, right? The 15th pick is when you could say, yep. all right, maybe one of those guys around there will go off. I mean, I feel so confident that that's happening just because it will be so funny for everybody. Exactly. Draft a pass catcher. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think that'll be... I mean, the Packers are interesting. They have the 15th pick. They have three picks in the top 100. They have 10 picks overall. I'm definitely going to be talking myself into Jordan Love by the time we do our August preview shows. That like, hey, the Packers, it'll be like a weight off their back, uh, you know, a little more stress-free environment. Rodgers is gone. Jordan Love, go watch the tape against the Eagles last year. The guy was outstanding. I feel like, in did, my, didn't you try to talk me into Jordan Love at some point in this podcast, like the it was, past year or so? It was probably after when, when the Eagles played the Packers last year and Love came in. I was like, when I was watching that yeah, film, I, I was like, oh was. my gosh, this guy can play. Yeah, he was making Grand some Grandpa Riffit, baby. Fantastic crosser. Yeah, I'm, I I might be able to uh, to get there. So go ahead and get him a Ted end or a wide receiver. But they are an interesting team because yeah, they're not. It's not like they don't have any talent. They're strong on the uh, offensive line. You mentioned it. We don't love the defensive coaching, but the defensive personnel uh, they certainly have. And we'll see what they do, how they turn the page. And how good of a coach is Matt LaFleur? I mean, you could really make an argument that he's been an underrated coach with the way he's been able to kind of navigate that situation with Rodgers. They've won a lot of games. Their offense has still been good uh, every year. So now what does he do kind of in Chapter 2 with a new quarterback in Jordan Love? So uh, I think that's a good one. I think the Rodgers trade happens between now and the draft. You think it happens after the draft. Uh, but they already have 10 picks. So you're saying if we say it happens before the draft, now you're getting a, at least an 11th pick in this year's draft. You certainly have flexibility to be able to move around. All right, let's take one more break. I will come back with my third most interesting team, and then Ben will finish the show with his extra point taken. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back with a team that I feel like, you know, their fans can't complain that they, I feel like for a long time, probably my entire career, I barely said anything about this team. There were no strong takes. They were irrelevant. And now suddenly they're one of the most interesting teams in the NFL. And I swear we talk about them every week on this show. And that's the Detroit Lions. Sixth pick. Yeah. They were very close pick. to me. Very close. Tied for an NFL most five picks in the top 100 among the, the, the top five teams in terms of draft capital in this draft, five picks in the top 81. Actually, what are they going to do with the number six pick, Ben? I mean, let's say the Seahawks say it was all, uh, you know, we, we were just kind of smoke screening. We're taking Jalen Carter at five. Oh, 
Anthony Richardson is falling a little bit lower than anyone anticipated. Again, I don't think that's going to happen, but that is within the realm of possibilities. Do they say, let's take Richardson at six? We have Goff this year. If Goff plays well, he keeps the job for as long as he plays well. If he doesn't, you know what? We have an option at quarterback because this feels very weird to say. I don't anticipate the Detroit Lions picking this high again in the foreseeable future. This is a very yes, good sir. football team. I know. This is a different era. They, they are the favorites in the NFC North plus 130, according to FanDuel, to win the NFC North. That gives them a 43% chance to win the division. They were probably, honestly, the fourth best NFC team at the end of last year. And now they're fourth in Super Bowl odds in the NFC behind only the Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys. They keep offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. They upgrade the secondary. The offensive line is very good. And so I just wonder what their quarterback plan is for the long term. I mean, again, I've said it like a million times on here. Lions fans are probably sick of it. I know Jared Goff played well last year. We know Jared Goff, when the circumstances are right, can quarterback a highly efficient offense. At the same time, if you're saying, do you want Jared Goff to be your quarterback for the next three to five years? I would say you would probably want to upgrade or have an alternative there. So the question is, how do they go about acquiring that alternative? So uh, I think there are th a few things in play for them here. I mean, certainly they could just sit at six and draft the best player available. If Richardson is there and they like Richardson, they could take him. And I think an option number three that's pretty interesting for them is to kind of go with the Howie Roseman strategy from last year and let's trade out, let's let's focus on optionality in the 2024 offseason. Let's trade out of there. Let's get a pick for next year's draft. That way, depending on what Jared Goff does this year, we have options to acquire a quarterback, by the way, whether that's a veteran or somebody in the draft next year. So I think that's something to really keep an eye on with the Lions. Again, they still have the 18th overall pick. It's not like they won't be able to get uh, a player that can help them right away. They have eight picks overall. They're going to, they have the draft capital to add to the roster right away. But I think quarterback just has to, like that has to be at the front of their mind with every conversation they have, whether they take a shot this year or whether they position themselves for a shot next year. And so uh, because of that, it's again, these teams that were already pretty good and have draft capital, I mean, they really are the most interesting teams. You mentioned it uh, right away with the Seahawks and the Lions really are in a, a similar spot there. Are those the reasons why you had them uh, potentially as one of your most interesting, uh, interesting teams? Or was there something else that I missed there? Yeah, I was thinking about doing the Lions at three. Uh, for my, my third most interesting team, but then it was going to be like Seahawks because maybe quarterback Titans because maybe quarterback Lions because maybe yeah. quarterback. And I was like, bah, quarterbacks are boring. All we ever talk about is quarterbacks. Uh, Lions are very interesting. The other reason why I didn't want to do Lions is because when I think about how proud I am of the Lions, how happy I am for them. <laughs> like I've, I've, I've 100% semi-adopted this team since living in Michigan. Like, and they, they're just, I, it, it, they're fun to root for period. But then also, I think in a league in which so many teams go about rebuilding the wrong way, the Lions have done it so well. Like to this point, like the, the two year rebuild since Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have, have have taken control in terms of like establishing a culture, generating resources, you know, fostering a, an environment of competition, rewarding, you know, uh, uh, late round guys, giving them opportunities. Like I think they've done the rebuild exactly the right way, building through premium positions, generating an identity, like constructing a team from the ground up right like like it, it, it has been in my opinion a masterclass. this is the draft 
where if they don't get the quarterback of the future to replace Goff, I start to not like it as much. This is this is the draft where to me, if they continue to if they if they tread water for another year with Jared Goff and they and they they spend like you said the sixth overall pick that they're not going to have a high pick like this in the future. If they if they pass on quarterback here, they're going to ruin the perfect picture to me. Like this has been all, nearly flawless, and this would be such a bad misstep that it's going to break my little heart. It's going to make me so sad just because the, the rebuild has been so good. And, and, and I think it, it, getting blinded by, you know, Brad Holmes having drafted Jared Goff and Goff being such a good guy and Goff being a good competitor, being blinded by that and to missing on the opportunity to take this top quarterback to me is, is, is egregious, especially so because I would not be the least bit surprised. I said this on Twitter uh, a few days ago. If the Hendon Hooker team ends up being the Lions. Ooh. Old, big, injured. Brad Holmes loves it, baby. Brad Holmes said, bring him to me. He's hurt and he's large. My favorite sort of player. Here we go. That, I, I, I'm not, I'm out on Hooker. I'm out on Hooker, like, in general. I'm certainly out on Hooker in terms of, like, taking him in the back of the first round in the second round where he's getting talked about. I think that's way too rich for a player of his profile. Uh, if they, like, I, again, I don't want to say if they ruin this because that's an unfair thing to say. But I, I've been so on board with this rebuild. And if they walk out of April with, okay, at six we took Devon Witherspoon and then at, at, at you know, twenty six of the trade back we got Hendon Hooker. I will be, I'll be out. I'm like I've been, I've been on the ship for this Lions rebuild for two years, and and you just lost me, and that'll suck. And so I don't want to bring him up because it makes me sad to think about. Well, the Lions, have, I think the reason why they're fun to root for is they have a beaten down fan base who is just so excited whenever there's even a little bit of success, and rightfully so. And so uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs uh, next year. You know, as we sit here on April third, at the same time. You can fast forward to this time next year, and we could be saying, all right, the Lions made the playoffs, but now they have Jared Goff on what, the final year of his contract? Oh, Ben Johnson left uh, to take a head coaching job, and they're picking in the 20s? What, how, how? How do they get to that next step? So, they, yeah, I think they need to really have this vision of kind of looking ahead and not getting too excited about going 9-8 and eight last year and saying, what do we really need to do here long term? And so that's why... Either you take a shot this year or you do something that positions yourself to take a shot next year. If it's just take a pick at six, you're not moving back. You didn't get any additional draft capital. They look to me like a team that at this time next year, we could be saying mm, they're kind of stuck here. You could trade for a veteran who might not be that much better than golf. You could ride with golf again, but you probably don't have a move to make um, in the draft. Although, you know, t teams have done it from far back before. So anything is possible, but uh, I think there's going to be QB needy teams in next year's draft, obviously uh, near the top and, uh, and, you you know, aside from Caleb Williams, there are other good guys, but it just becomes a lot harder basically when you don't have the sixth pick and the 18th pick and are positioned to make a move right now. So we will see what happens with the Detroit Lions. All right. What do you have for your extra point taken, Ben? You were, you know, we were texting. Yep. I said, well, you know, we could do this. And you said, I've got an extra point taken, which I was very excited. He had something to get off your chest. What do you got? So we did the, the pod on the three most interesting teams. To not uh, to to in the NFL draft, I am here with my extra point for a few zingers at the end for you, Shield, of the most interesting <laughs> things that could happen in the 2023 NFL draft. Oh, the reason why I bring okay. this up is because you sure we don't want to save this for like next week's episode? We have more time to fill, Ben. No, because this I'm is just, just like this is like this is this is crazy nonsense, right? This is just <laughs> okay. bananas. All right. Because okay. 
the reason why this is important to bring up is because a these things get talked about right everybody everybody's calling everybody to check in on everybody number one number two is that in april what is it third eighth whatever day today is on this time last year nobody was talking about okay so like marquise brown to the cardinals aj brown to the eagles they kind of do like these yeah. these things like they somebody puts them somewhere on a message board but that's as far as they get i want to put them on the ringer nfl show highly reputable nfl <laughs> nfl podcasting program so a few crazies for you and you can stop me if you want if you want to uh, uh, kick any one of these around. The first one, which I firmly believe happens, is after the Tennessee Titans fail to trade up for the quarterback that they want in the 2023 NFL draft, they will trade with the San Francisco 49ers for quarterback Trey Lance. Trey Lance will be a Tennessee Ooh. Titan by the end of the 2023 NFL draft. Niners feeling great about the Brock Purdy situation for some reason. Ron Carthen, obviously part of the, the, the group that drafted Trey Lance, like a lot. Next, I up. like that. I, w- I would be in favor yeah. of that for the time. I mean, obviously, depending on the price, but that would make sense for to me for the Titans. All right, good one. What else? Uh, another uh, a couple Titans trades for you. These are a little bit quicker, but again, Titans are in fire <laughs> sale mode. You go, you look at when AJ Brown and Marquise Brown got moved. They got moved on contract years, right? We typically see guys are okay. We might not pay this guy after this season. Let's see if we can move him now in the NFL draft. At the end of the 2023 NFL draft, running back Derrick Henry will be a Cincinnati Bengal. Defense oh. attack. Yep. Now, and now, next one. If the Titans successfully get to three, move up with the Arizona Cardinals, they will do so by trading defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. In that, as a part of that trade, you're saying? As a part, or a separate as a part tra- of that trade. Part of that, so part Jeffrey of that. Simmons to the Cardinals. Yeah, John Gannon leaving, leaving Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. You look at that defensive tackle room, and there's just nobody in the room right now. I did that. They're making calls. They're figuring it out. I guarantee you the name has been dropped. I can guarantee you. I got to say, this, the, you're, you're doing way too good of a job for this to just be the extra point taken. I love all of these. Uh, yeah. Wait, what was the okay. first thing you just said? Oh, Derrick Henry on the Bengals I love. Bengals. Uh, by yep. the way, I don't know what you do with the salary there. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, because then you could see the trend piece, right? Ooh, more teams, including players in these blockbuster trades. First DJ Moore, yeah. now Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, everybody right. loved, Which, leads a Peter King column. Yeah, it'll yeah. be great. Which, let's let's real quick revisit our favorite man, Ryan Poles, and the way he treats the media. Did you see Poles today gave a quote where he was like, I hit up the Blackhawks general manager to like kind of ask him how you trade picks and players. Dude, what? why are you saying this out loud? Don't say these things to Why? People. Who cares? Why does that bother you? Because it, it, it's not bad. I, and, and like, I don't mind if he did that and then just did it and that's fine. This was it's, in an athletic piece, by the way. Yes. It's when DJ Moore struggles for the first six weeks and all of your fan base and beat writers being like, maybe you should have talked to the hockey guys. The Blackhawks have been bad recently. You're just setting yourself up for this sort of stuff. Stop being honest. Stop being open. This from a media member. I disagree. Okay. Uh, Another Bengals one for you real quick. Uh, I said Derrick Henry to the Bengals. I also think, uh, again, you know, just throwing it out there, Cincinnati Bengals, large trade-up from 29 overall and go get themselves Texas running back B. John Robinson. Final, final... The final infinity no, stone in that. the gauntlet, in the gauntlet of the Cincinnati offense. A couple more for you. No. Don't uh, do that, Bengals. You have Joe Burrow. You have Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be analytics guy, but do not trade up. Yeah. Uh, add depth, add to the lines of scrimmage. All right, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. During the 2023 NFL draft, the sale of the Washington Commanders is announced. 
(laughs) 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 Which obviously won't be finalized, but commander's ownership functionally changes. Like, I pick 87. To me, that's really funny. Um, No, like the morning of the draft. Like, we had the Aaron Rodgers thing. That was like the morning of the the first day of the draft. Schefter kept it. Kept it right. Kept it in, in, okay. in the holster there. Uh, also fun, if you do get a commander sale before the draft, is the Lamar Jackson conversation. Because you want to free up a Lamar team, get a new owner in the building. New owners willing to do okay. just about anything. I like it. Man, they're living. I like it. Uh, okay, last but not least, here's the big kicker. Here's the grand finale. These are the last fireworks. The Houston Texans trade out of the second overall pick and do not draft the quarterback. Whoa, now that was floated in uh, Peter King's column today, and I was like, no. Yeah. So, Why would they do that? Why? Because, firstly, the roster's terrible. Secondly, you expect you're able to get to the top of the draft next year. We're talking about the Seahawks and the Lions. They're not going to be able to do that. The Texans probably will, let's be honest, even with a rookie. Third, and this is, this is the important part, we don't know who they like. Everybody wants to make them the Bryce Young team. Everybody just goes, get Bryce Young team. Which I've ne- I have not, and, and, and I, I keep saying this on every pod, hoping that some Texans fan is going to angrily tweet at me and be like, here's the reporting. What are you talking about? And then I'll be like, oh, I, did, I couldn't find it. I have yet to find the reporting that was like in December of like sources say that the Texans front officer likes Bryce Young. We've all just decided they like Bryce Young. I absolutely 100% think there's a world where the Texans have a guy that they want it to and the Panthers take him at one. And then the Texans say, all right, Colts, come get your guy. Raiders can get your guy. And then, like, maybe they talk about quarterback at four, maybe they talk about quarterback at seven. But I do not think the Texans, who talked to the Bears about moving up to one and have talked to the Panthers, right? Remember, the, after the Panthers made the move, they're like, yeah, we're going to call the Texans. We're going to have conversations. I do, I do not think the chance that they pick at two is 100%. I think that it's less than that. And I think that that's something that has to be acknowledged over the next few weeks. Don't think it happens, but... This is the end of the most interesting draft podcast. And so you got to bring up the most za- uh, Wayne, what, what we're looking for, zany, wacky things you can possibly think of. Do not do, do not listen to him, Houston <laughs> Texans. Do not do that. If you're a Texans fan, Bryce Young and D'Amico Ryans, when's the last time you could get excited about a combination like that? Or I guess CJ Stroud or even Anthony, I don't care. Any of those quarterbacks, whoever you like, take them. D'Amico Ryans, you have a nice path towards the future. Don't overthink it. Do not do that. That was exhilarating. Next week, next week, we're just going through all those and discussing them in depth. <laughs> That's the format for next week's podcast. After, after a year of your podcast with you, Shield, I'm starting to figure out what you like. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to yeah, figure your, your, I your, like your that. Any fake trades, I'm in on. Yeah. Anything, anything where you say, Shield, you know what would be crazy? Yeah. If the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins, even though he's a $45 million dead cap hit and only a $20 million cap hit, if they keep him, she was like, yeah, they can figure it out. They'll figure out the accounting. Don't worry about it. It's great. This is why you're a Saints Please. fan. This is why you like the Saints cap management okay, because a, you, you like a, this wildness. I'm not a Saints fan. Uh, that was just uh, me z- uh, zagging while you zigged or whatever the uh, ringer language is. Sorry. I'm still, you know, six months. I'm still new here. All right. That was a lot of fun. We have... A few more shows before the draft. We'll figure out different ways to talk about it. There will be NFL news. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Nora and Steven will be back on this feed this week, so be sure to check that out. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Thank you to Benny Souls. We will be back next week on Extra Point. Two.